0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up
1: now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online.
0: I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba
1: Casino was America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes.
0: Everybody, and welcome to Gamecock Central Radio. Emerson Phillips joined by Roddy Nabulsi from UGA Sports.com for a preview of this Georgia South Carolina game from the Georgia perspective. Roddy, welcome in. Thanks for your time today. How you doing? Doing
1: fantastic. Thanks for having me
0: on. Yeah, appreciate you joining us. You were on with us last year, so thanks for taking time out to join us again here on Gamecock Central Radio. Roddy, take us through the offseason a little bit. The Gamecocks have never played for a national championship, so talk about what it was like for Georgia to come within a whisker of winning the national championship and, you know, what losing that game and dealing with that has been like this offseason.
1: Well, you know, there's that old refrain, better to have loved than lost and never to have loved at all. That's kind of the same situation that Georgia went through. You know, they hadn't won a title in 35 years, so actually getting back to the title game meant a lot. And it's funny, it was Georgia and Alabama in 2012 where Georgia came five yards short of uh, winning that game. And they would have gone on to play Notre Dame for the title. And Alabama absolutely boat raced uh, Notre Dame. Uh, that's back when they had Manta, Manta Taylor or whoever. And a lot of Georgia fans still back at that as their big regret. You know, if you'd have been able to convert that last, you know, they were driving. If you'd be able to take out Alabama then, you could have played for a title. Mark Rich would have had one. Who knows what would have happened then, but hmm. – They know how close it was once before, and then, you know, they don't get back for years and years and years, and then you get a new coach, and uh, finally they get back to the title game, and they go to overtime. So it's uh, as horrible as it was to have it pulled away from them at the very last second, you know, you, you go into overtime, you get a sack, and you're looking at second 26, you think you might have this thing in the bag, and then to have your heart stripped out. Uh, the Georgia fans were so excited just to be back in it, you know, to be at that level of uh, play that, you know, to play for all the marbles. So uh, there, there is a slight hangover, but the, then, you know, a couple weeks ago, well, I say a couple weeks, uh, you know, it wasn't too long until Georgia brought in that uh, recruiting class with eight, five stars in it. Georgia's never signed more than two five stars in class. And then they had eight in this last one. So the excitement of playing for national title and then bringing in the nation's number one recruiting class has them through the roof. They're just chomping at the bit to see how the season unfolds. Hmm. So
0: a little bit of a hangover, certainly understandable, but not all doom and gloom. Seems like optimism is very exactly. high. Uh, Georgia ranked number three in the country. So hope for Georgia to get back to the national
1: championship game again this year, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I don't want to say that you know, anything's a given. They realize they lost the the. Uh, all, the, the SEC's second all-time leading rusher, Nick Chubbs. They lost Sony Michelle, who was the third leading rusher in the history of Georgia football, behind you know Herschel Walker and Nick Chubb. Uh, you lost Rook Smith, the best linebacker in the country. You lost your starting left in the first round of the draft. You know uh, you lost the two outside linebackers, Lorenzo Carter and David Bellamy. You lost uh, Aaron Davis and Dominic Sanders. I know a lot of South Carolina fans probably won't remember those names, but they could remember the fact that those guys were around forever. They had 98 starts between them in Georgia secondary. So, you know, there's this optimism. and You think, yeah, Georgia played for the national title. They should go right back. No, look how many people they lost. It's, um, yeah, they replaced them with better players. And I'm not saying that, you know, there's a better running back than Nick Chubb. I'm just saying that overall the guys that have come in are more athletic than the guys that left. But they're vastly, vastly inexperienced. A lot of them are freshmen or redshirt freshmen. So, um Right now, yes, the expectation is to win the SEC East, play for the SEC title, and hopefully make it to the playoffs. You rank third in the country; that means everyone else thinks you should too. But there's a lot of football to be played between now and then.
0: Yeah, good point, and a lot of losses offensively for Georgia. You mentioned some of the you know headline players from last year's team, but Georgia opens with a 45 to nothing win over Austin P and. Roddy, the offense really didn't miss a beat. Talk about the new faces there. And, you know, Jake Fromm, I think everybody in the SEC particularly, and nationwide, i got to believe, very impressed with Jake Fromm. He was very efficient on Saturday, 12 of 16 for 157 yards and two touchdowns. And then he gave way to Justin Fields and a lot of optimism around him as well, a lot of excitement around Fields, the uh the freshman quarterback. So, talk about the Georgia offense. You know, it really looked like Georgia's offense didn't miss a beat on Saturday.
1: Yeah, it would look that way. But I mean, they were playing Austin P. and well, let's call it what it is. Austin P. is uh, it's not a great football team. So, uh, Georgia should. They could have. They could have played better. I mean, there's no question about it. they when Georgia, you know, when it came time to rush the ball, Georgia didn't really do as much as they should. They didn't test downfield a whole lot. Um, when it was an obvious pass blocking situation, they kind of uh, they let in a little too much pressure, but. To your point about the quarterbacks, yeah, the quarterbacks look good. Jake Fromm, you know, came in as a true freshman, eight plays into last season, and uh, took him to the national title. The guy behind him, Justin Fields, went six of seven uh, last week. I mean, he's uh, and he can take off his runs. Uh, he's he's Cam Newton reborn, if you will. I mean, the guy is a legitimate five star, and you got two very good talents there. Uh, a stable full of backs. I don't know if any are as good as uh, Nick Chubb or Michelle, but they're very talented. But I guess if you want to talk about why they haven't missed the beat, is that uh, as much as I'm kind of cracking on the offensive line, saying they could be better, they only lost one guy, Isaiah Wynn, you know, that left tackle. Then uh, the right tackle from last year, a true freshman, Andrew Thomas, moved over. He's looked pretty good. And basically they brought in another five-star guy to play that right tackle spot. So that offensive line is just massive. You got a guy on – Uh, That you know, six seven, three hundred forty five pounds playing next to a guy that's six six, three hundred forty pounds. That right side of the line, although very young, is just massive. So, um, yeah, the uh, good wide receivers, uh, they're getting uh, they probably should get Terry number two receiver last year. So, uh, they should be able to score points. They're going to have to carry the defense. There's no question about that.
0: Emerson Phillips with Rodney Nabolski from UGA Sports dot com previewing the Georgia game here on Gamecock Central Radio. Roddy, talk about fields a little bit more and Fromm. Will Georgia play two quarterbacks all year? seems like a, a good
1: problem to have. Yeah, I know a lot of people want to call it a quarterback controversy. I don't know that you can call it a controversy, and that's not me taking up for Georgia. It's just the fact that I believe it's Jake Fromm's team. I mean, you don't take the team away from the guy who led you to the title. You know, um, it's going to be the title game. And uh, he's also just – beloved by the team. They, he's a leader. Uh, they rally around him. I mean, they obviously did when he was a, a freshman last year. He's only endeared himself to his teammates more so with his leadership over the summer. So it's Jake Brom's team, but they also love Justin Fields. And this kid, I know a lot of people think of him as a running quarterback. And I just, I, I, I for Georgia's sake, I hope other, other teams continue to do that. And they only worry about the run because if they want to leave a spy back there and, you know, or you know, bring somebody up to try to contain him, he'll pick him apart. He is a passer first, a runner second. So, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, it takes me back to – it reminds me of Connor Shaw. Everyone thought, yeah, he can run it, but that guy would just pick you apart if you did that. So, uh, Justin Fields, again, he was uh, one of the top-rated quarterbacks in the nation last year. He is – his mentor is Cam Newton. That's kind of why I compare the two uh, and their styles. He's, le- he's learned a lot from Cam. And uh, he recognizes defenses really quickly for a a guy with such limited experience. And I expect them to play both of those guys in every game going forward. I would be stunned to see. uh, I can't see a scenario where they do not play Justin Fields. I mean, worst case scenario, say the game's really tight against uh, South Carolina, LSU, Auburn, Tennessee. When Georgia gets down to the red zone, Jim Chaney loves to go to that wild dog format. He loves to snap it straight to a running back or a wide receiver. And they – do the little run-pass option, why not snap it to a guy who can throw it as well? I mean, if you snap it to Terry Godwin, you know he's not going to throw the ball. So snap it to Justin Fields, and if the quarterback needs to keep it and run it, Justin can do that. He's 6'3", 225. I mean, if he decides to pound it in between the tackles or take it around the edge, it's not like you're uh, running a small quarterback or anything like that.
0: Roddy, I saw a video on ESPN.com with Kirk Herbstreet today. We're recording on this Thursday. Game coming up on Saturday, 339 kickoff on CBS at Williams-Brice. Kirk Herbstreet said that he has heard, he has been told that Justin Fields might be the best quarterback ever to come through Elite 11.
1: Yeah, uh, we heard that from the Elite 11 guys too. We heard that from a lot of uh, coaches who were recruiting Georgia, I mean, uh, recruiting Justin Fields, not at Georgia. Uh, just like they said about Zamir White, the uh, running back, that got out of North Carolina who tore his ACL recently. They said that Justin Fields is a generational QB. They said the same thing about White being a generational running back. Uh, Justin Fields is one of the smartest kids I've met. He has ridiculous arm talent. He is evasive on the field. He's not just a runner who's going to knock you down. I've spoken to some uh, Georgia players off the uh, record, and they say, look, I'm tired of trying to catch him. He's just—he's tough to get a hold of. And You wouldn't think a guy at 6'3", 225 could uh, evade you like that, but... Uh, he is hard to get a hold of, and that's why that's why he's playing. I mean, in, in any other situation, Jake Fromm is your starter, and there's no questions asked. But when you bring in a guy as talented as Justin Fields, he is what it takes to be nipping at the heels of a guy like Fromm.
0: Georgia's loaded again this year, and we're previewing the South Carolina-Georgia game here on Gamecock Central Radio. Roddy Will Muschamp talked about uh, Georgia at length during his midweek press conference earlier this week. And he talked about Georgia's team speed. He said it was very evident on defense and even more evident on special teams.
1: Yeah, I mean, Georgia's loaded up with a bunch of track guys. And you know, Kirby Smart is one of the strongest recruiters in the country. Uh, he was that way at Alabama, helped Alabama uh, secure some of the best players out there. I was doing, I had my guys go through and make a list of some of the um, track kids that Georgia had come up with. And I think we wound up with 27 guys who ran in the uh, 10 8 or under. It was uh, it was off the charts. I, could, I couldn't keep up with how many there were. Uh, they got Eric Stokes, who was a state record holder. They got uh, Tyson Campbell, another state record holder. Uh, guys who could run a 10 3 100-yard dash, 10-3-9. Uh, you saw Miko Hardman take one to the house for 59 yards. They, then they got Demetrius Robertson, the other you know five-star athlete from that 2016 class. Miko Hardman was the other one. They were number one and number two in the nation both five-stars, both athletes, and they're playing on the same offense now. Demetrius Robertson took one seventy-two yards to the house the other day. So, um, I mean, even their uh, linebackers, Meg McBride, can run a 10-6-3. So, uh, this is just a fast team. The question comes, you know, can they tackle? Can they they get open? Stuff like that. But if they make a mistake or they get into the open field, you know, If you have a cornerback make a mistake, his closing speed, his correction speed is going to be fast, and if a uh, wide receiver gets open out in the flats or something like that, he's going to run a long time before somebody brings him down.
0: Roddy, it seems like Kirby Smart and Will Muschamp have a good relationship and healthy respect for one another. They both talked about the other's program during the press conferences this week, and they had some very positive things to say about one another and about uh, about the two schools playing on Saturday, so... First shots fired in the SEC East. Georgia South Carolina always a huge game from a South Carolina perspective. What's the perspective on South Carolina over in Athens?
1: A lot of Georgia fans are worried about this game. Some of them have uh, a false sense of security because you know the idea. Well, hey, you played for the national championship last year. Uh, you know, Kirby's got this thing rolling. You know, they should be fine. But the folks who really pay attention, the folks uh, who uh, look past just the names on the back of the jerseys understand that you know going to williams Bryce stadium is always tough for georgia's it been very tough as of late you know uh georgia plays poorly there the, the, the crowd's too loud um uh, they get into it uh, especially playing uh, south carolina early in the season south carolina is usually uh, very healthy at that point and they come at georgia you know uh bart into <laughs> all teeth and nails and uh, no holds barred and uh a lot of Georgia fans are very worried about this game because, you know, Georgia's bringing in all these new players. You know, again, they're talented, but they're very inexperienced. And they're going up against a Will champ coach team, and his teams don't make a lot of mistakes. So I think that the uh, Georgia fans are – I don't say they're confident. They're, they expect to win, but they are very, very nervous. I mean, that's the best way to put it because uh, South Carolina presents one of the toughest – Teams on their schedule, and you're getting them in week two. I think a lot of Georgia fans would be much happier to have them in you know, week seven or eight. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I think Gamecock fans are happy to have this game back early in the schedule, first game in the yep. SEC for both teams. So I think a lot of Gamecock fans are nervous too, Roddy. So are, yeah. are, are, they, are these the two best teams in the
1: SEC East? To me, there's no question. I mean, I'm not trying to take a shot at Tennessee or uh, Florida or Kentucky or Missouri or like that. I mean, A lot of those other teams have great positional players. You know, I think of Drew Locke over at Missouri. I think he's fantastic. You know, there's some good players, you know, in Florida and Tennessee, but top to bottom, I mean, you're looking at two of the best recruiters in the nation, and Will Muschamp and Kirby Smart. And that's always been one advantage Georgia seemed to have over South Carolina was they would be deeper. You know, top 22 players going head-to-head, it's a draw, but then towards the end of some of those games, Georgia would be able to put in some fresher faces. And wear uh, South Carolina down again when they play South Carolina later in the season. If South Carolina, had a, a key injury, you know, then they Georgia's chances will go up. But you know, when you're going top twenty-two, top twenty-two, uh, these two these two teams, uh, I think, are the cream of the crop in the SEC East. But right now, they're also top forty-four, top sixty-six. They are that much better than the other teams in the SEC East. That's why I, in my prediction in my column this week, I said the winner of this game. Wins the SEC East,
0: in my opinion. Very interesting. All right, good stuff today, Roddy. We appreciate your time. Roddy DeBolsi, our guest. He's from UGA Sports.com. That's our rivals network affiliate. Roddy, thank you so much.
1: Thanks for
0: having me. Roddy to from UGA Sports.com, and I'm Emerson Phillips, and this is Gamecock Central Radio. Don't forget 339 kickoff the national TV game on CBS for the Gamecocks and the dogs. Thanks for being with us.